0: Ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this: What
1: in the wide, wide world of sports is going
0: on? Yeah. Sports Central, Chicago sports conversation
2: with Adam Hogue. Go go, 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 go! This is Sports Central on demand and streaming live on
3: WGNRadio.com. Get the big W up there.
4: Next one, we're hungry, we're greedy, we want more. Yeah.
5: Ramble on, Joe Brand. Ramble on. It's just such a fitting song, too. There's there's nothing better. To to move on to the next round.
6: We've been cutting into our, our regularly programmed intro for Sports Central with a little ramble on, I think, is fitting after another... Uh, fun victory. He's Joe Brand of Kevin Powell. Adam Hogue's still not back. I have no idea when he's coming back, to be honest.
5: He's uh, he's enjoying life right he's now, it looks life. like.
6: He deserves a time off, because between Bears coverage and White Sox stuff for him, I don't think he's going to have a day off for like the next six or seven months. So, enjoy it while you can, Adam Hogue. Um, a lot of Loyola talk, obviously, on the way. We'll hear from Joey Meyer, who does um, some work on WGN Radio for the Northwestern Broadcast. Um, but he joined Steve Cochran and Dave Ennett this morning on WGN, so we're going to play that back. Dylan, Secura. Am I saying the right? Sakura? I think it's Sakura. Um, We'll play back his conversation with Cochran as well. Um, And we'll have Chris Bonin on in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, And we'll kind of... I just kind of want to get his thoughts. Like, how could people still remain... What should we be watching over the final six games they have left? What what, what is he keeping an eye on? Um, And what do we know about these new guys that were signed... Um, over the past few days for the blackhawks so um what did you do joe brand for the uh, loyola game because it seems like it's become you know it's appointment viewing now for chicago sports fans we're all backing the ramblers so did you have like a big day over the weekend a big
5: viewing party yeah i mean basically that's the thing you're just working your schedule around where you're going to watch the loyola game and i ended up being at my my mom's house and you know unfortunately it was the least exciting game out of the whole loyola run so far Mm -hmm. it's been the only lopsided victory and then all of a sudden, the time's winding down. They're up by twelve, and this is really going to happen. I mean, at one point, my uncle just started cracking up. This is this is really happening. Yeah. Loyola Chicago, right, going to the Final Four.
6: Well, I tweeted that. I said, "This is amazing," and that's really all, all I have to say. That's, I, mean, it, I mean, what it, can you say? It, I mean, it, what? Yeah, what can you say that hasn't been said already? It's an incredible story. Sister Jean's a rock star
5: now. Um, well, it reminds me a lot of of the Illinois run, but even then... Yeah, but Illinois—they were a one seed, exactly. And that—I mean—that's what's unique in the aspect of, of Loyola right now. And it, but it's—it's it's all that I can remember that it reminds me of. In, in Chicago, Illinois never really had a, a time where they just fell in love with a college basketball team like well, this. Well,
6: they used to when DePaul was 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 winning all the time. But it, and, it, it shows you what this city can be. Um, behind, when there is a quality program locally, and I mean, there was,
5: look, look how nuts the city's going for Loyola. And we got flirted a little bit last year with Northwestern, and and that's the thing. It's just everybody is a Loyola fan right now. Right. It, it's always the the people you don't think of. Even a couple guys like us, Joe Brand, a couple <laughs> of Illinois State
6: it? Redbirds. I credit ISU for propelling Loyola into the tournament after the Ramblers beat our Redbirds in the NBC absolutely. Title the, you
5: know game. that's that's very true. Loyola could not have done this if it wasn't for Illinois State. That's true. And, that's true. And, and
6: Portomos was a former coach at ISU so that's where he, you know he got into the game so I credit ISU for much of their success
5: he had a little chip on his shoulder beating them in the MVC championship and then yeah, you keep
6: know. in mind let's not forget this and I know a lot of people have been mentioning this over the past couple weeks that Loyola probably wouldn't even have been in the tournament if they didn't win the conference tournament against ISU
5: and that's that's where everything goes back to the selection process and how a lot of people think how faulty it is and really you can't make an argument that that's the case this is a number 11 seed that took down a six seed, took down a three seed, now took down a nine seed. And just the type of basketball they're playing just goes to show you that they have the capability of going far in a tournament like this, but would have no lick of interest if they didn't win the tournament uh, on their conference side.
6: Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that the Ramblers wouldn't even have been in it. it and the MVC continues to perform well in the tournament. I mean, we've seen it every year. It seems like the MVC, look what Wichita State's done, what mm-hmm. Creighton's done. Both of them not in the conference anymore. But even Northern Iowa for a few years there. Some of the runs they had. They it upset in a,
5: Kansas, they uh, number
6: 1 seed right. back in our college days, I remember. Farouk Manesh. Yeah, remember yeah. lethal from uh, behind the arc. Yeah, the the guy with the red hair
5: too, and um, they beat
6: our Redbirds in the MVC title game.
5: Yeah, Illinois State. We had a lot of heartbreak for Illinois State basketball. I said they're they're starting to become the Buffalo Bills of the Missouri Valley Conference, which yeah, is kind of unfortunate. Well, you and I worked at
6: WGND. I figured we had to plug the student station at least once while we're hosting. They just well
5: really quick. They they won the station of the year. Did you hear that? In the state or the country? I think in the country they're they're going out to Vegas and and trying to pick up the award. But Is that right? I, 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 I'm not bulking it up too much. I, I did see something around that. Yeah, Station of the Year, though. I, I think they're going to Vegas to pick up that award.
6: I tell people all the time that people ask me about getting into radio, or if they have kids that are interested. In it seems like everyone just wants to do sports talk radio, right? And um, I know a lot of kids locally go to Columbia and stuff, and um, there's the Illinois Media School, but. Illinois State, man, it was some of the most fun I've had. And it's it's a, uh, it's a not strictly um, like a known broadcast. I mean, of course, there's Syracuse and Northwestern and some of those schools like that. But I assume it's like a full four years. It just felt full, like I got a full belly of college when I went there. Yeah, I, I This would, is an unsolicited plug, I promise. I'm yeah, not getting paid to say this.
5: That's the other thing, too. But I think the biggest uh, thing that, that ISU offered for me was just throwing you in there. I mean, my freshman year, I got to call a, a women's basketball game, and you just get the hands-on experience yeah. right away. They got, they got a TV, television broadcast every day. We're on the mm-hmm. radio every day. Right. And, and honestly, that that's more beneficial than the classrooms. I'm sorry, it is. It's, you have to have the experience. You have to work. You have to actually do do it. Well, I
6: got to call the MVC title game when it was ISU and Creighton, Creighton. and Dougie Fresh, Doug McDermott broke yep. my heart in that game. They beat ISU in twenty
5: overtime. That's right. That's right. They brought and that it was to a team. year
6: ISU had knocked off Wichita State in the quarterfinals of that tournament. I want to say or maybe the semis. Yeah, a and tear Wichita ran down Greg Marshall's cheek. Greg Marshall. We go to the we go to the postgame interview room, and he sits down. And we're kind of like, the players are working their way in. And all of a sudden, he gets up out of his chair, like bolts out of the press conference room. I'm like, holy, is he just going to ditch the interview? <laughs> Then he comes back with a Diet Coke and he cracks his Diet Coke. So I always think of Greg Marshall and Diet Coke together.
5: He's he's a unique guy. Obviously, you know his his coaching abilities and his record speaks for itself. Yeah, my, he's got a little bit of cockiness, a little he, bit of oh, that, a little bit of that, a lot ego, of and yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, I remember college basketball. My my last year for the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, we stayed. It was Wichita State and Creighton, and somebody asked a question. It was before that game because it was when Wichita State beat ISU. Somebody asked about. Greg McDermott, who is Doug McDermott's father, that is a coach of Creighton, and they just totally slip of the tongue, accidentally said Greg McDermott. And Greg Marshall just, not hammers the reporter, but just goes on this whole spiel of, well, it's going to be tough to to figure out how to stop Greg McDermott if he's on the... It's like, come on. The guy just made a simple mistake, and yeah. he's just he just He's been an ass about apart. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but obviously... Uh, Marshall's
6: pretty good as a as an analyst. You were saying that. Yeah. I, I didn't get to hear him, though. But he's but, always but been even, a well-spoken even, guy. Even, uh, here, he's well-spoken. He's direct. He knows his stuff. You could tell he prepares... But even on the panel, you could tell he's got even a little bit of that—that that ego comes out. You can totally sense. And
5: I always think it's kind of funny when when coaches do that when their team's eliminated. I mean, they're out of it. And Wichita State was expected to go on a big run, and they kind of get, are given a gift with, hey, you know, why don't you hop on TV? You know, speak, speak some P's and Q's and and talk about the game a little bit, and they still have that kind of mentality. That's kind of what I don't understand, how they're able to have that that extra confidence to, to still spill out on the national stage. Um, another sports college basketball analyst, Joey Meyer,
6: who does uh, work with Dave Ennett on the Northwestern Basketball uh, broadcast on WGN throughout the season, former coach to DePaul. Um he joins Steve and Dave this morning on WGN to talk about Loyola's incredible run.
3: Uh, Joey Meyer, uh, your legendary basketball coach and sidekick, <laughs> analyst, uh, basketball guru, mm-hmm. expert, tall guy. All those things. Yeah, all those things. Mm-hmm. And a uh, swell guy uh, joins us now. Good morning, coach. Good morning, Steve and Mr. Ennett, sir. <laughs> how are you? Nice to talk to you I'm again. good. Are these guys on an epic run that can't be stopped, or is Michigan going to be too much for them?
2: Yeah, they can beat Michigan. Um, I've seen Michigan in person a lot. I've only had the opportunity to see Loyola play once but uh, in person, but just watching them on TV, I, I can't believe how well they're playing. I mean, if you said this is the way we need to play basketball to win, that's the way they're playing.
4: Yeah, it's really textbook, Joe. I mean, you and I watch a lot of college basketball over the course of the season, but in terms of the their, their sense of where they are on the court, the sense of where each guy is, and the, the what's what's the term, that connectivity that they seem to have? I mean, it's really remarkable.
2: You know, I got to see him in person against Missouri State in the middle of the year, and I came away saying, that's a team I don't want to play if I'm a coach in the NCAA tournament. They got the capabilities of winning a couple of games. Now, being perfectly honest, I never thought they were capable of going to the final four. Uh, at that time, I just thought they were really a tough team, really well coached. But I do have to get one thing out here right away. I am pulling for Loyola extra, extra hard for a reason that nobody else is. What's that? That's, that's Porter Mosier is a former Ray Meyer basketball camper is that right so, yes he was up in my dad's camp and i remember when he was real young so uh it's just kind of an extra mode our whole family is texting back and forth a uh, uh, coach ray camper is doing really well so i got a little extra mode you know, you know and he seems him. he seems like such a good human being was he a good kid yeah he really was really motivated and you can see, you know, the way he prances the sideline. Yeah, that's the kind of the way he was as a kid—a very energetic, very intense for somebody that young. And it shows in his way he coaches the game, and it's just a real—it's—it's it's fun to watch their teams play. I don't even care if you're just a, a basketball person, just seeing it for the first or second time, and you got—you got to appreciate how they play so unselfishly and how they play for each other so well. You—you
6: you, you coached
4: against. Rick Majerus, you knew him very well. Do you see a lot of the Rick Majerus pedigree in Porter Moser?
3: For people who don't know, Porter was Rick's assistant at St. Louis. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you you really do. Now They're a little different in body composition now. Um,
3: Yeah, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit.
2: (laughs) A little bit. And and I used to tell the story, go out and visit Rick in Utah, and I come back five pounds heavier. But he, uh, great coach, great person. I, I loved Rick. And they are similar, and they're very intense. You can see it, right? I mean, you can see it on the sideline. If you're at a game, if you're watching TV, watch how he moves up and down. Now, Rick didn't move that well, but he had the same kind of intensity. The attention to detail was just unbelievable with Rick, And, and Porter obviously is showing those same characteristics.
4: Joey, you were part of the last Chicago team to go to the Final Four. Of course, Illinois did go in a couple of times, and most recently in 05. But you went uh, with that DePaul team in 1979, a, a team which, you know, as I've looked back on the years I've been in Chicago and covering college sports, there are a couple of teams which have really captured the city's imagination, and that one... The 1995 Northwestern football team that went to the Rose Bowl. Obviously, this this Loyola team seems to have a lot in common with that DePaul team. Except, correct me if I'm wrong. That DePaul team, you won like 25, 26 games. You were in the top 20 going into the tournament. It wasn't suddenly you get in the tournament and get hot and and pull off all these upsets.
2: You're right. We were. I think we were sixth. We had four losses, so we were. The thing we did, we beat UCLA, who was to go to the Final Four, who was the team. And so we, we pulled the major, major upset to get to the Final Four. But yeah, we were ranked. This, this run is unbelievable. I, 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 You've got to give them a ton of credit. You know why? You have, one, they're mid-major, okay? And I don't know if you can use that term, but I'm using it. But it, it was so unexpected that they were able to play. But the thing that's really... They played well. It's not like, you know, major upset the way they played or they threw in 33s. They outplayed people. I mean, they were the better team each night, and that's just amazing to me. They're the better team.
3: Well, wow, they just looked like they were getting good on Saturday. They are just dominant. Um, um, just ran up and down the court. What kind of game does Sister Jean have, do you think? Uh, if we throw her a basketball now, is she ready to go?
2: Uh, Honesty is the best policy. I think maybe her playing days are over uh you mean her
3: best see- days you mean maybe she's slightly past her prime but you wouldn't count her out from three is that what you're saying coach
2: boy the lord would have to help a lot on that. <laughs> those, rosary beads. those rosary beads would have to be working real hard you
4: never know but, but you know you're the paul team I, and and obviously in a much different role but coach ray was the symbol of your team and and, and a guy who I think had drew so much affection from around the country Absolutely. just the way Sister Jean has with
2: Loyola. It's kind of cool. You know, it really is. It, and, and the common thread between those two, my dad said the rosary every day. And oh, look at that. It, it, he, he used to have his hand in his pocket. And he'd be saying the Hail Marys. My mom used to say, people are going to think you're senile. (laughs) You can't move your lips like that. (laughs) You're talking to yourself. (laughs) We used to laugh. They're going to mumble.
3: At least it's for the right reason. Um, Yeah, yeah, and if you're Michigan, you don't want this game. The last team you wanted to face was Loyola coming into this. You would have taken Kansas State in a heartbeat.
2: You know, here's what I'm telling you right now. and I, I know the feeling, and I actually woke up with a feeling of excitement. It, you're so excited to get there, you would be playing the Cavaliers right now and be happy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think, I mean, some of the fans probably worry about that, and maybe the coaches, the players, they got blinders on. They're not going to overlook Loyola, they're not going to be intimidated, they're not going to be worried. I mean, they're just trying to win one game. You have an excitement when you get to the Final Four. I don't know if I can even describe it. And what those kids are going through right now at Upper North Side, that, that, that's just pure joy. And then, can you be focused again? Sure. You can be focused again. You're just, you got that adrenaline going. You're so excited to play.
3: And nobody's expected them to go this far. All they gotta do is go out and have fun. Just go play basketball. Just have fun.
2: You know, that, that's true, but you, you ask them privately. That they're expected to win now. They're not going in now as, hey, we've done our job. No, oh, no, 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 no.
3: They're not, not phoning going. it in. I'm just saying the pressure yeah, yeah. doesn't exist because uh, oh, no. because uh, they don't have those expectations on their shoulders from an outward standpoint. And they got the secret weapon, man. They got Sister Jean. <laughs> That's
2: right. I'm going to tell you, though, when you do walk out there and there's 80,000 people <laughs> in the stands, you do get a little nervous. A little bubbly. Just, a little bubbly. Just a little, a little nervous.
3: Uh, good talk to you coach and i think about your dad a lot but uh, listen it's great getting some insight on this game i appreciate you guys having me see you later that's Thanks. coach joey meyer
6: joey meyer with steve cochran and dave ennett this morning on wgn you can listen to steve's full show at wgnradio.com in podcast form good stuff from joey there on Loyola and um, his experiences coaching as well um that's how we wanted to start the show obviously with some Loyola talk um coming up next though we're going to Change the pace a little bit and do some Blackhawks talk with Chris Bowden. Does the pre and post game show here on WGN for the Blackhawks broadcast? We have a game tonight at the United Center, so we'll talk to uh, Chris Bowden next on Sports Central.
2: WGN W WGN. This is where WGN Sports Central lives.
3: Streaming right now with your host, Adam Hogue.
6: Kevin Powell in for Adam Hogue. Also sitting in today on this Monday, Joe Brand, the voice of the Kane County Cougars. How are the Cougars going to be this year?
5: Uh, I don't know basically anyone on the team yet, so uh can't really give you any... Have you been out to spring training? I have, yeah. I was out there a few weeks ago and got to meet a, a couple. We're hoping to get a, their first round draft choice last year, Paven Smith, the first baseman from Virginia. Uh, so hopefully we'll see him, a good catcher by the name of Dalton Varshaw And, you know, you just kind of wait until the season starts. Then you see the team.
6: You'll have to uh, come on my new podcast, Paul at the Park. Absolutely. Talk a little we'll Cubs. have you come sox. out, maybe. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, he's Joe Brand on the phone right now as we go from... We haven't even mentioned, by the way, the Kansas-Duke game from last night, which was maybe the best game of the tournament. Chris Bowden, I know you're probably following along the uh, Loyola story. Are you, Are you on the Loyola train like the rest of us?
1: sure why not as long as I'm welcomed on and they don't seem to be turning anybody away uh that, that, that's cool unlike unlike some uh sometimes some some hockey fans though so like when the Blackhawks got uh got rolling in uh the early 2010s the oh nine ten, 9 10 uh there were the there were the diehards who uh were kind of uh uh, there was a certain sector that was were, were grumbling toward the bandwagon jumpers who had been away for uh, all the down years and now wanted to hop back aboard um, which to a certain degree I, I I can understand, but you know how long do you hold on to that stuff so um yeah from from loyola's standpoint yeah um I got a daughter who goes there she's not into uh she's not into the basketball team but uh that's that's all well and good and and anybody who's uh who's uh, uh, willing to invite me on, I'll, I'll, I'll jump aboard. Hey, well, everybody loves a winner, right?
5: Well, I think if your money goes right into Loyola, Chris, right. then you've you pretty right. much got a,
1: a
6: solid,
5: not excuse, right. but basically they should be Good welcoming argument.
6: you in. My, my, my dad flies the Purdue flag, the DePaul flag, and the Illinois State flag, and he backs them all because, yes, he also invested in all three institutions <laughs> as well. Um, let's, right. let, let's talk a little Blackhawks here. We, we had Scott King on last week, and I, I went to the game, I think it was Wednesday night or Thursday night, whenever the game was, and I'm walking up to my seats and I'm just kind of getting the vibe and the sense of the United Center and it was just weird because for the past decade every game you went to felt big because it it was the Hawks were either playing to to secure a spot in the playoffs or to win the division or whatever it may have been but every game was huge and especially this late in the season you kind of get that playoff buzz would get going for Blackhawks fans and United Center does I mean it's the best in-game production I think you know, in hockey and in professional sports, it's always fun, and it still felt big, and people were really into it. But it was lacking a little bit of, of the obvious of the fact that Blackhawks aren't going to the postseason for the first time in a decade. I guess for for you, Chris, what are you keeping a closest eye on, and what do you think people should be watching over these final what is it, six games we have left here now? Uh, what are you kind of watching as we head into the off season and head into a playoff list? Uh, Blackhawks and the Red Wings, too, by the way, not in it. First time since 1996, I want to say. Yeah. either Neither one of those teams will be in the playoffs. So it's it's a weird year for the NHL. But what are you keeping an eye on over the final couple of weeks here?
1: Well, we have something to keep an eye on uh, tonight and Thursday night. These are the third and second-to-last home games um, uh, because uh, Victor Edschel, the guy that the uh, Blackhawks acquired along with the number 1 pick and a swap of other picks uh, later on in the draft, Uh, But Victor Edshill was the the body that the Blackhawks got back for for Ryan Hartman in the trade deadline deal. Uh, They just brought him over from Sweden last week. He played two games in Rockford this weekend, and all of a sudden they've decided to bring him up. And uh, he's going to make his debut tonight, centering a line with Patrick Kane and Brandon Saad. So uh, welcome to the NHL, kid. Uh, This is a really... Uh, big center, um, and it goes six, six five, something like 215 or 220. Got a chance to talk to him a little bit earlier today after he came off the ice. And, uh, you know, uh, he's excited about it. He certainly has, you know, uh, a, a filled out body. And, and, uh, in terms of what he can bring skill set wise, that'll be, that'll be something to watch and how quickly he can adapt to this game because it's a smaller rink overseas, uh, a bigger, bigger rink over here. And, um, you know, uh, just having to adapt this quickly, not to mention the level of play, is going to be interesting to watch. And then Thursday is when uh, Dylan Secura is going to make his NHL debut. He was the uh, uh, former sixth-round pick back in 2014 of the Blackhawks, who so has really blossomed, really come out of nowhere, especially over the course of the last two years, playing college at Northeastern and uh, is you know, a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award, which is College Player of the Year. And Northeastern got knocked out this past weekend in the NCAA tournament. So um, he signed uh, immediately his entry-level contract. The first year will get burned with these final couple of games, but that's kind of the sacrifice you have to make in order to not risk losing him in free agency, if you didn't sign him right away and burn this first year, um, he'd be open to everyone uh, during the summer if he didn't sign. So um, uh, that's part of the sacrifice you have to take, but he's going to, I guess there's some paperwork issues that has to be uh, straightened out, but he met the media today as well, and uh, he's going to make his debut on Thursday. So those are two of the things to watch. And outside of that, Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, seeing if Brandon sod can get his game going here over the last 10 days of the, of the season, he scored the other night, uh, seeing if he can at least finish strong. Um, you're looking for some other things among uh, these, you know, relatively inexperienced defensemen trying to take another step forward. And the other thing is, is if, you know, uh, Anton Forsberg took a step forward the other night, he's taken steps forward before, but then there's always been a step backward that would soon follow. So, you know, Can one of these two uh, goaltenders um, step up uh, in the event, Corey Crawford, you know, uh, well, uh, first of all, as a backup, but obviously there's a greater sense of concern that Corey Crawford didn't return this year, and, you know, you're wondering whether one of these guys may be able to carry the load or whether Stan Bowman has another thing that he has to add to his uh, off-season checklist.
5: Did Sekiro win the uh, meet-and-greet with the media today, Chris? He seems like a pretty smart guy. Was he well-versed today?
1: Yeah, he was he was okay. I mean, I think he's a little bit a little bit overwhelmed because there uh, surprisingly there was a lot of media there today but with the Loyalist story going yeah. on, but um uh yeah, uh, uh you know, very uh very polite, kind kid, um but you know, he knows uh unlike Edsel, he's this is a smaller kid and he's uh uh more of the speed and skill set that the league has become more of right now and uh you know just looking at him physically there's going to be a lot more filling out that he's going to have to do over the course of the next couple of years but you know what you look at alex to and you know when he doesn't have his his hockey uniform on even when he does you know you're amazed he's able to be as productive as he is the the curious part is to see whether you know that kind of skill set carries over with what sakura has because you know he is smaller in stature and um how he's able to handle what uh the best league in the world throws at him is is gonna be interesting to watch here over the course of the next week and a half.
6: For Stan Bowman, what should be uh the top of his to do list heading into the offseason?
1: I still think he's probably gonna have to find a top four defenseman somewhere and, and and granted, um, you know, that that sounds a little bit counter to what he's been doing here over the past couple of weeks, but um uh, either that, or he has a lot of faith that, you know, one of the guys that are already in the stable is, is going to be able to slide in and take some of that responsibility. There is going to be some salary cap space he has to work with finally. And, uh, if he wants to go out and, um, you know, he, he, he probably can't have both of an offensive type defenseman or a you know, a blue-collar shutdown-type defenseman. It's going to have to be one or the other with the money he has available. Um, and that's if he's and, that, and that's if he sees things the same way, because, again, he's gone and signed Jan Ruter to an extension, Eric Gustafson to an extension. Um, you know, he already has Connor Murphy locked up with the trade last year. Unless he moves one of those guys in a trade that would allow him to either get something in return along those lines or allow him to, uh, shop a little more in the free agent market, um, you know, uh, there, there's already kind of a, a logjam at that position right now. So I think what he's done is, is secure what he believes there are some assets there along the blue line. And uh, if not create competition, it's also, you know, a chip he can use in terms of packaging one of those guys in the trade.
5: Chris, there's one thing I just kind of wanted to point out. if Just in case Blackhawk fans think that we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and trying to make optimistic views of what's happened, what's gone with this Blackhawks team this year, Victor Edsel is a guy that the Hawks wanted before... Uh, he's signed with Nashville, and uh, you know when they made the the trade for Anthony Duclair, that's a guy that the Hawks had their eyes on for a while too. So, don't you think that Stan Bowman has done a pretty solid job this year, despite with what's going on currently with the Blackhawks? But looking towards the future, he's done the right moves.
1: Yeah, I mean, t- obviously, time is going to tell with with this as as we all go along, um, and that's what I think is is an older guy. He may be about twenty three, twenty four or so right now it's taken a little bit of a while to develop uh overseas in, in sweden but it was definitely a player he targeted and, and let's be honest at this stage with what he has done uh, particularly this last draft if not the last two drafts this one coming up um it, it's going to shape the franchise down the road um everyone kind of believes that what he was able to do in the draft especially defensively last year with the uh, Jokey Haryu and Ian Mitchell of the University of Denver. Those are, you know, two potential, you know, uh, top four defensemen of the future. Now it becomes a matter of uh, whether they are that and how quickly, you know, they're able to develop. Uh, But by and large, I think the early returns on, on those two picks are pretty strong. So you're seeing, you know, the potential of what the blue line can look like down the road. And as far as, yeah, some of these, other guys are concerned. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start to see tonight what, what Edsel has to offer. Same with Sakura down the road. And, um, um, so the, the, the scouting and the drafting of that, that began about a year or two ago and now will carry through this draft and perhaps next year is really going to shape things. And, you know, by and large, like I say, the early returns, uh, are good, but, you know, uh that doesn't matter until you see the results at the NHL level eventually.
6: You mentioned Crawford a little bit earlier. Any shot he comes back this season just to get a couple games under his belt or do you think they're just going to uh call it, call it a season for Crawford?
1: Yeah, this today was the first day that Joel really pretty much said that that uh that vision is is out the door right now because uh at this stage, you know, we're looking at less than 2 weeks left from the season. He hasn't been back on the ice. And, uh, you know, even getting back on the ice, it'll require him to, you know, get used to, you know, uh, NHL-style play around him and, and you know, seeing pucks. So uh, I think Joel pretty much uh, put the nail in the coffin without coming out and saying it today that that's not going to happen. And like I've, I've mentioned with you previously, and I've said in the podcast mm-hmm. before, you know, now this becomes a, a greater concern. Not seeing Crawford back on the ice before the end of the season, you're dealing with a great unknown. Joel said today that you know he's they're still very confident that you know he's going to be ready come come training camp. But the fact that he hasn't been able to get ready after all this time, when they felt fairly confident when the injury first happened that he was going to you know return at some point this season, you know I think that that raises a little bit of concern now. Uh, that yeah, Stan may have to uh, do a little bit more work in terms of if if Forsberg or Berube does not step up here in the over the course of the final you know week and a half um, you know that this may be another thing that he's going to have to look for during the off season.
5: How'd the call with the uh, Illinois State Hockey Championship go on Saturday? Did you do the shot of olive oil?
1: Uh, I, I I did the shot of olive oil, but nothing you know nothing really worked. It was a uh, it was a rough broadcast and I feel, I feel sorry for the entire crew for having to put up with Stop. me. What, what was really disappointing was, um, you, you know, I, I, obviously, uh, the kids, uh, the kids at the schools might go back and, and watch that thing. And wh- when you're, uh, when you're dealing with a, with a, a sore throat and a cold and stuff like that, the thing that gets ripped away is your ability to create enthusiasm. You just want to try and get through it, you know? So, <laughs> um, pr- from that aspect, uh, uh, I'll apologize right now to anybody who might be listening because uh yeah uh sucking on cough drops and uh you know drinking uh, drinking hot tea and stuff like that just to get through that uh I had I had a great crew to 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 work with and uh yeah I wish I, I wish I could have gotten through it a little bit better unfortunately uh the uh the uh, health gods jumped up and bit me at the wrong time this week
6: I'm sure it was great chris hey we're going to be out there at the United Center, of the Rocon Show so maybe I'll uh, I'll swing by but uh I don't. I don't want to get whatever you have, so I may give you the elbow. Yep. Hello, you know, maybe not shake your hand, but uh, appreciate hey. you jumping on, Chris. And um, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: I, I said, at your wrist. At
6: your <laughs> wrist. <laughs> <Right>? Hey, appreciate <laughs> you doing this. I know you're a little under the weather, so um, uh, thanks for uh, joining Joe and I. That's Chris Bowden. You can hear him on uh, tonight's call, pre and post game on WGN as the Hawks take on the Sharks tonight at the United Center, and uh, on the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast with Scott King is a uh, must listen if you're a Blackhawks fan. Chris, appreciate you uh, joining us. All right, guys. Take All care. right, let's we'll see you soon. Thanks, Chris. It's Chris Bowden. Did you did you listen to his call? His
5: you know, I didn't. Call? Well, because I had a lot going on Saturday, Loyola yeah. game being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the last Hawks game, uh, what was it, Friday maybe? Saturday, uh, Thursday. He, every day, not every day, but every day I'm there, Chris will grab a couple of whoppers, uh from the media food section Chocolate, little
6: candy Whoppers. little candy yeah, yeah yeah
5: in the uh in the third period that seems like uh not the best thing to eat if you're a <laughs> well well he he always tosses me the biggest one he can find this is a little weird quirky <laughs> tradition we've gotten into and then on Thursday he's like uh for your sake I'm not gonna hand you a whopper this time I'm gonna keep you keep you healthy and I'm like Thanks. never been a big whopper guy you know I never have either Chris kind of turned me onto it though you know what I don't like is that like when you bite
6: into it it's like you're biting into a the, the texture makes me like cringe. It's like, it's you like think nails, it's on, a, it's or like nails on a chalkboard
5: because it's so dry. Don't and eat them frozen. To, Have you ever eaten them frozen? That sounds impossible. It I sounds know, like I, chewing
6: a diamond. A He's, buddy of
5: mine lost his tooth yeah, eating them yeah, frozen. Frozen whopper.
6: <laughs> um, all right, that's whopper talk and Blackhawks <laughs> talk. He's Joe Brand. I'm Kevin Powell. Up next, Porter Moser just finished speaking with the media. Uh, his first interview since they, well, I guess his first interview of the week as we kick off Final Four week. They play Saturday night at 5 o'clock uh, against Michigan. So we're all looking forward to that. But when we come back here on Sports Central, we'll bring you a few minutes of Porter Moser's press conference today.
7: Yeah, we're gonna the WGN.
2: Chicago Sports Conversation. This is Sports Central with Adam Hogue.
6: This is Sports Central, but I'm not Adam Hogue, neither is C. That's Joe Brand. Are you going to sit in tomorrow with me as well? Or just a one and done? Are not, you, are you uh,
5: through with me after 37 minutes? No, I mean I, I I hadn't been through with you over the first four years of college. So it's true. Uh, no, if, if this is an invite, yeah, count me in. You know, Joe was basically my boss at WZND. Those were great times, weren't they? I never listened to you, anyways. <laughs> That's true. That's why know, Joe wasn't was long. a sports director down at ZND. We uh, yeah, you, you were you were a, a tough guy to to keep control of. <laughs> I mean, just always always coming in with your food blogs and, Kevin, you know, this is a sports station. Right, and, right. You know, oh, I, I had a great meal over at the cafeteria. It's like, yeah, Kev, we, we all did. I think at that
6: point I didn't even have a food pass, but I knew my younger brother's buddy was in one of the
5: dorms, so I'd have him bring me food out. I remember that. I think I, think I gave you my card once in a while, too. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I'm like, dude, if your pass is unlimited... Hook hook it up. We we didn't learn until later that the ratio of not having unlimited swipes... But more flex dollars. Do you remember flex dollars? Yeah, flex dollars you
6: could use on Subway, campus, like Subway, Burger the, the, King. What was that other place in the student uh, bone center? McAllister's? Mac- oh,
5: McAllisters. Yeah, McAllisters are solid. They're are around too. I thought that was just an I, I, ISU know. I was like, this thing. has got to be like a local thing. There's like a hundred of them.
6: It's everywhere. a i I'm like, oh, there's another McAllisters. It just felt localized though, because it was like right. cool. I don't. I've never heard of McAllisters. I, I
5: lived up in Michigan for three months, and uh, I went out with some friends. I'm like, oh, oh, guys, Oberon. Have you ever tried this? It's really good. Like, yeah, Joe, <laughs> it's brewed here. Is um, what was I going to ask you um, how great of a boss I was back at ZND? Because I, I I don't know how great I was. I'm blanking. I don't well, you you talked blank. about at the vedette. How how you had uh, what was your beat? Swimming and diving. Oh,
6: okay, so the sports editor was um, I had known from high school. I'm like, look, I just want to write a, a weekly column. I got things to say. And yeah, she's like, "Look, if we're going to give you a column, you got to put some work in." You know, we're not just going to hand out columns. I hadn't even worked at the student paper, and I somehow my first job there was writing the the lead column for the newspaper. So, she's like, "Well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to put you to work." I'm like, "Whatever. What do I have to do?" So, I covered the women's swimming and diving team.
5: Do you remember first, how how good they were?
6: I I don't remember. <laughs> I had to Google stuff. I'm like, I didn't even know what the hell, what the hell anything was.
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, like the to, terms and things.
6: It was like different styles and scoring and things like that. I'm like, what do I even ask the coach? I'm like, so how'd you guys do? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then I'd just, be sitting there. So I like learned swimming. I still, I don't even know. I was like Googling trying to figure out the rules of swimming and diving. I also covered the women's golf team for a semester. Well, that's which easy. was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a little you know, bit more golf of your junkie. Rally. So. Um, I'm trying to think one other. I might have done like track or something. But anyways, that's all, you know, the, they all got to cover the football games and the basketball games, which worked out because we were normally working them. True. So it was perfect. So yeah. I got the column for the paper. That, my senior year was nuts. I was working at the student station, the student paper, and at WJBC. JBC, and local, you were the like, mascot music. for a little bit too, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, on the side. That was just for fun. It
5: was just, well, you know, killed two birds with one stone. I remember one time I called a, a wrestling meet and i had to learn all the lingo and all the rules and the moves. wrestling at isu no no this was this was post college oh, for a, a company i was working in the middle middle of the state and oh yeah fireman's carry right. a, a one legged lift i could have helped you out with that did you wrestle yeah i was a state wrestler man i, I was i was on in youtube middle <laughs> in middle school middle <laughs> school Yeah, i went to state in 8th grade i was uh, i was YouTubing high school wrestling uh, yeah. events Hours of it I, I, I Anybody to, looking over your shoulder like, dude I, I What, said, are, you, what I, are you watching dude I had to delete my whole history Once that was all done <laughs> Delete
6: my browser history That's what I was going to bring up Because we were talking about Campus food Browsing the, history the, <laughs> In college Yeah that's a whole other story Yeah um, I, the, There was a subway In every dorm There was In Manchester And in Watterson And Whenever whatever.
5: I walk into one And I get a waft of the bread I Still it takes me back It does But And I don't know if all subways
6: Do this But all the subways On campus serve pizza that was new, though. Well, either way, I thought it was genius because there was always like a drunk girl like crying in the dorm as she walked in at like
5: 2 a.m. Like, I want pizza! And you get a perfect little individual Yeah, it was just like pizza. they threw
6: it in their little microwave oven thing and you had a pizza. The fact that it wasn't had, good, It was, the, <laughs> but it's, it's pizza. Even bad pizza is good.
5: The fact that they allowed Subway to stay open until 2 a.m. at a college dorm, God bless those servers.
6: You know how sometimes they had RAs standing at the uh, door to check your ID to mm-hmm. get in late at night? Oh, that was... Sad. I used to do that. At the end of the night, I would sit there and pretend to be an RA. So as people walked in, I'd be like, come on, over here, over here, over here. Let me see the ID. And everyone would walk up and be like, okay. Because everyone's a little nervous because they don't want to be too drunk where the RA writes them up or whatever I happens. had a friend so call-
5: that was so inebriated, he had to sign about six different times yeah. because wrong. Oh, right, name, cause you had to sign wrong- your name, right? Yep. Your hand would be shaking. And, and then they took a picture of you. It was basically like a mug shot. Yeah. We started pasting those on our wall, and it was like a wall of fame. That <laughs> oh, was great.
6: Yeah, so I was doing that just to be a punk. I don't know why I was doing that, but then some people would be like, Sc- you know, screw off. I know you're not.
5: So artist. why do you be a punk now? Why? Because it's still fun to me. Okay. Yeah, it's
6: yeah. still fun. Kevin, yeah, mean, I, I didn't. even go there, and I did that. Down
5: <laughs> <You> at Watterson. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, you, you got checked went, in. I, I did. Uh, congratulations. It's
6: a bold move, Ben. Where'd you go to school? Uh, originally Embry Riddle, it's a uh, Division two school out of Florida. Powerhouse D two, uh, great. Uh,
5: mm-hmm. Great. Do they have team. subways in every dorm?
6: Not every dorm. But But some uh, dorms? uh, We had one in a dorm.
5: We had great dormitory
6: food. The Waterston, before they redid it, I know they redid the dining hall now, and it's it's actually really nice in there. Yeah. But the food, it used to be great. It was like an Italian where you could get your pizza. They had a Chick-fil-A. That's when I was first... Oh, that's right. That was before I got there. Yeah, yeah. It was. They had like a Panda Express, too. It was basically just like a big circle, and around the circle, it was it was like a Panda, a Chick-fil-A, um, an Italian one, a Mexican, then like a deli, where would get sandwich and soup and stuff, and then there was like an a la carte thing in the middle. And then we also had Ben and Jerry's ice cream that you could also get.
5: I remember on opening day, they would, I mean, just the timeliness of it, they would uh, serve hot dogs and Polish and Italian sausage and popcorn and corn dogs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, out in Waterson. Did you see, by the way, the uh, Major League
6: Baseball's holding a food fest out in New York for a couple days? And I love how, what are the Cubs
5: just, the Cubs just submitted a hot dog Oh, they're doing or a something? Chicago-style hot dog, yeah.
6: <laughs> Which, I think, for it, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything wacky or zany that you serve. Like, Seattle's serves grasshopper. Really? Yes. And that's like a thing now, eating insects. I'm not on the insect-eating no. train yet. No, I'm holding off on that. Um... And the White Sox went with a horseshoe, which is more of a central Illinois thing. It's basically like garlic, like Texas toast, and then they just pile stuff on top of it. I forgot. Yeah, I've never... I don't think I've ever
5: had one of those Neither have I, but it's not really... Like fries
6: and gravy? Yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're putting Italian sausage in like a sauce and... It sounds awesome, mm-hmm. but I don't associate that with White Sox. True. When I go to the Sox game, I'm crushing Polish sausages. I think Beggar's Pizza is one of great value buys at Sox Park. It's only five bucks for a
5: slice. I'm always more of a fan of beggars than uh, what's the other one? Some with an N. Nickies? No. At the ballpark? At the ballpark? Yeah. I don't think so anymore. Well, not I mean, it's anymore. All beggars because they have a deal. Beggers. Uh, I went to high school with a kid that his family. Yeah, it's owns a South Side beggars. thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's good pizza. It is. It is very. But they, for they for, laid on thick. They do laid on thick. I was going to say that it's so
6: much cheese, but for five bucks you get a lot there. And for, in terms of stadium and or ballpark pizza. It's some of the best because most pizza you get at like if you the UC doesn't have the best pizza, it just doesn't. Everything at Wrigley's pretty much awful except hot dogs. Even Cubs screw up their hot their actual hot dogs. Well, you don't like those. those the, the buns sweating. are always the buns are always dry. I don't have an issue with the actual the actual sausage. It's like the buns dry. It's just never good. I don't know why Wrigley can't figure out the
5: food situation. Well, and a lot, I mean, a lot of ballparks are going this whole gourmet food route because they figure people are going to spend $15 on a humongous nacho helmet rather than spend 6 bucks on a pack of crappy nachos just because it's the way fans go now. You either eat before the game or you're going in there knowing exactly what you want. What did the Sox have? Bacon on a stick and the, bacon on a stick's good. The, the dessert the, tacos. The the they chocolate had hot dog tacos. On, a,
6: on a pretzel bun with cheese and bacon on it, which was really good. There's, By the way, this reminds me. Tomorrow morning, Sox Park media tour.
5: Yeah, we get to eat all the new food. You're going. Well, so what time is that? Yeah, I'm going. I know you had your calendar circled on Well,
6: that. no, I've been waiting because I always, around this time of year, I wait for the Media Relations White Sox email to come in, and I've been, I'm have been i like, did I miss it? Did this already happen? And then last Thursday, I would get the email, and I'm like, yes.
5: You mentioned the South Side. So oh, yeah. There's a place uh, on 111th called Fat Tommy's. Okay. Hot Dogs, I, I don't yes, know. Th-
6: I've been told I need to go there before.
5: Hot Dogs, I don't know if it's a, this is the exact promotion, but Hot Dogs are buy one, get one free the day after the Sox win and the Cubs lose. So the have, Sox have to win, Cubs have to lose on, on the same day. On the same day. And then the next day, there's some kind of deal like hot dog, buy one, get so one So they're probably free. not getting killed with that deal right now. True. <laughs> uh, but what they're like one of their biggest sellers is the Ditka dog. Have you yeah. heard of this? Uh, yes, I love a Ditka dog. The, it's, it's like Polish sausage. Wrapped in bacon. Oh,
6: that's like their
5: version yes, of the Ditka yes. dog. Gotcha. Polish sausage, wrapped in bacon, dumped in cheese and mustard. It's fantastic. Well, oh, it actu- But and you can
6: pride. actually buy, just because Ditka puts his name on everything, you can buy Ditka Polish sausage. Got it. And it's like his own proprietary blend of encased meat. And it's really good.
5: I wonder, does does Ditka hand hand seal them himself? Does he oh, yeah, press course, all the meat together?
6: Yeah. You can also get a Ditka Italian beef. Ditka hot jardinero is pretty good. You could just basically Ditka put Ditka wine, kick-ass Dit- red.
5: Ditka's name on anything and, and sell it, it for Chicago. five more bucks hundred, anywhere around hundred percent. here.
6: 100%. What was uh, uh, the uh, steak sandwich, which I think came out a couple years ago at Sox Park? It's like um, they saute it right in front of you. It's like uh, the beef they throw it on the flat top and then they mix in Merck's cheddar cheese. Okay. And they stir that stuff together and then they top it with Jardinier and put it on a bun. That's it's fantastic. so good. Have you gave me heartburn immediately
5: but it was worth it. You know, I it, just recently I've kind of been outside of the city and it's just astounding how, how many people don't know of Jardinier. Uh, growing up it's an
6: Italian beef's not really a nationwide thing either. Well, like, like the way we yeah. the style in which we cook it. I mean, there's beef sandwiches up with like Italian beef. You don't really see that elsewhere. Yeah, and you, uh, when you say dipped, they don't know that. And, and I knew that, but Jardinaire was a shocker to me. I thought that was just a, a, a regular, you know, something uh, a condiment that people used across the nation. They're we, missing
5: out. We were in Arizona and they were selling it by the jar, and someone's like, "What is that?" And it's like, "Oh, it's Like, so yeah, good. but but what is it? I'm like, uh, hot. Peppers that can go from mild to spicy. Throw on that sandwich, eggs. Put pizza. It on everything. Pizza is like, great on pizza. Like, what? I never heard of this, and it's it's crazy. I never realized it was it was that centrally you God, know, I'm itemized. God, you know, i Just hungry. wait, just wait another twenty four hours, and you get to test everything.
6: Yeah, it's tomorrow morning. Well, the RoCon Show at the United Center tonight, by the way. So the second, this, don't, don't take, don't be offended, Joe, because the second the show ends, I'm bolting out of the door to head over to UC to get set up. Well, for you're ready,
5: lacing up your shoes. You got your vest back on, and yeah. Had to take the vest off. It's pretty
6: pretty toasty in Studio A today. Um, all right. Well, that was not planned food talk. But anytime you bring a food around me, I'll I'll go for an hour. I'll do food talk for an hour, Joe. What's your favorite thing to get? at well, you're a you're that's a the fan. thing. I, well, no,
5: I mean, I I, I do the
6: Cougars uh, hook up the media, or do you have to like go? Uh, do they bring you hot dogs? What do they give to the? Uh, media? Yeah, they they
5: give us a pass, and uh, you know you could basically you're allotted so much money each homestand. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, how uh, much? Uh, what is it? I can't remember exactly, but it's enough. It's definitely enough. So you go like right before the game starts. Yes. Which, yeah. Um, we actually the Cougars were just on the Travel Channel for. Uh, oh, boy. don't do they do the Krispy Kreme hamburger? No, thing? that's not them. This past year, we did. I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, I think it's. I think it was called the Fatty, and it's just you know a thick. Want to say third of a pound hamburger, quarter pound hamburger, and pulled pork. Pepper jack cheese, spiced pork belly, wow, uh, fried jalapeno sticks, mac and cheese, and honey mustard on the same bun. All yeah, but it's you too know much. it's it's too not, much going on. I know, but it's you know it's a little bit of each, so okay. it's not totally falling over. And See, the, the thing, thing with, is. The
6: thing with burgers now, like people get, you read, if you read a menu, you're like, wow, that sounds awesome. All that stuff is on it. And then you get it, and it's just, it, does, it never hits the spot. That's why the best burger in Chicago is Al Cheval. They know how to do it perfectly. It's just a couple of meat patties that are on a flat top. They put some American cheese on it and a little bit of their um, garlic aioli mayo situation they have and some pickles. Yeah. And a nice, perfect bun.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's not stale,
6: it's not, it's not stale. You need the bread.
5: You need the boat. You need a. You need a fork. You need a couple napkins, which they do provide to you. We had uh, oh, a. Oh, th- for
6: at the ballpark. A, yeah, yeah. At, all at the all of all is
5: just beautiful. It's a beautiful burger. It's the best well, burger that's a in the restaurant. City. Oh, I know. I'm
6: just saying, like in general, some people try to doctor up burgers too much. I get that, but I, I get like the thing now with that is like, look at the exposure they got. I feel like that's half of it. People making exactly. Instagram worthy type dishes. Or, you know something that'll cause a little buzz, right?
5: We also had a uh, chicken and waffle cone, which I like that. Yeah, isn't? those are a thing now. Waffle cone with the uh, chicken in there, and you chicken nuggets, eat. but they were um, like buffalo. They had a little bit of, of syrup taste in the. In oh, the okay, I like that aspect yeah, of it. And a little yeah, syrup yeah, cup, yeah, like a honey barbecue type situation. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Man, I'm you got to come out. Come out to it. I'm going to come
6: out. Kane I'm going to come out to a game.
5: Northwestern like, Medicine Field. We got 70 home games. Is that what it is? Yeah, 40 game season. 140 games in 150 days. We'll start next Thursday. And then you don't have a life for the next 150. Pretty days. much, yeah. yeah. I, I basically sell my soul, but right. it's, your family's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. Yeah, I get I get ten days off throughout the summer and if I can What do you do with those days off? Everything.
6: I, I, <laughs> we're gonna golf, we're gonna do a barbecue, I go to, we're going out to I, eat. I go to go Six s- Flags, yeah. I, I treat
5: it like a field trip.
6: <laughs> yeah, wake up I, at like seven AM.
5: <laughs> it's a full day everybody. Absolutely. And and when I get a day game before my off day, it's kinda like a day and a half. It's amazing. Alright, well I'm looking forward to uh, Where can people listen to the Cougars broadcast? KCCougars.com uh, If you're out in Geneva or Aurora We're on uh, the big one AM 1280 WBIG one. Yeah, But yeah, KCCougars.com, cool. every game
6: Joe's the voice of the Cougars Looking forward to the Cougars season this year um, Before we go, we have buried headlines coming up But we're going to play Porter Moser just uh, finished talking with the media Did a teleconference today And um, since everybody's on the Loyola train We figured bring you just a couple minutes Of that teleconference with Porter Moser, head coach Loyola
7: well, I'm definitely into that school of thought of trying to learn and get advice as much as I can from, from guys that I know and trust that have been there. So I'm in that process right now. I have um, done that. I wish Coach Majeris was around. I mean, I, obviously I was so close to him, and ironically it was 20 years ago, um, almost to the date that he was in San Antonio with his Utah team. So I, I wish I could tap into that. Um, I worked with Al Jensen, who's now with the Utah Jazz um, and we were texting each other and going to have a conversation with him. We were talking about a couple things Coach Magers was doing, but I definitely am in the school of thought. You know, it is my first time, and uh, if I can get any advice or anything, you know, I'll 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 take it all in and and then mix it to what we do. I mean, I I, I know this. It's not going to be. We're not going to do anything different out of our routine. You know, I, I want these guys to experience this as normal as possible. We felt that way going to the. Uh, the Dallas, and then when it got to the Sweet Sixteen, we felt the same way. We just kind of been doing our normal routine, so I, I can guarantee it's going to be somewhat normal for us, at least the routine wise. Uh, anybody else in the coaching business that you would uh, that you would identify as people that maybe you've uh, exchanged a text or a call with? Yeah, there's some people I will be that I, I've, I've started to exchange a text that I'll I'll let be known in a little bit, but uh, just not right now. That um, I'm going to let out just some close personal friends that have been there. Hi, Porter. Hi, Shannon. How are you?
2: Good, thanks. Uh, I have two things, if that's okay. The first is, do you have any history or cross paths much with these other Final Four coaches?
7: Um, yes. I mean, I've I i know. Uh, I've known Bill for a long time. I remember the, the thing I loved about Bill's self was, you know, Bill seemed to be the same guy as he was when he was Oral Roberts. Um, I remember I was an assistant coach at Texas A&M, a young guy. And I remember seeing Bill, and we, I, don't, I can't remember, I might have been at Hutchinson, Kansas, and, and we were talking, and then you see him at Illinois, you see him at Kansas, and he still walks up to you, hey, Porter. So I've known Bill for many, many years, and that's one thing I've always liked and admired about him. Uh, he's been the same guy as he was to me and other guys in this profession as he was when he was at Earl Roberts, and I, I truly respect that. Um, coach B line, I've gotten, gotten to know him over the years on the road and have visited with him. I remember visiting with him at the Final Four and on the road, and just what a high class guy. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, what he does with his program, how he runs his program, and um, just, just got a ton of respect for him. And I don't know Jay personally, we got a mutual friend, but you can't help but sit here and look at him as one of the best in the profession, what he's done and how he's done it. Um, and, uh, just got an amazing amount of respect for him watching him and what he's done and followed him. I, we had a brief encounter way back when he was an assistant with Roly Massimino and I was with Tony Baroni. Um, we played each other and, you know, two guys like Roly Massimino and Tony Baroni, of course, their staffs are going to go for a big Italian dinner. And Roly had an, a spread, a huge spread in Vegas. We went there and then we went to Cow Station and, you know, Tony tried to have as big as he could possibly have in College Station, Texas, but it failed it, it in comparison to what Roley had for us in Vegas. But So our pass crossed a little bit back then, um, but uh, just admired and nothing but utmost respect what he's done at Villanova.
6: Man, more food talk. He's talking about how big spread. I mean, I'm starving here. That's Porter Moser, head coach Loyola. Joe, you think he's going to stay at Loyola for a, the long-term future?
5: I, you know, I kind of do. Uh, he's a Chicago guy. He's a Catholic guy. Mm-hmm. he He played in the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, he could just be the man. He could be the man and stick around here. So' Loyola's I, at a good spot. They're not losing a ton of guys this year either. right. yeah, it's a you young know? I mean team. they can be right back. It's gotta help year. with recruiting if he stays. Oh, yeah. just no question. Why not?
6: All right, we'll have plenty more Loyola talk throughout the week as we gear up for the final four matchup against Michigan Saturday night. But now it's time for buried headlines on Sports Central.
5: Did you do your homework? You got some buried headlines for us, Joe? Uh well, yeah, if you if you're saying homework in terms of four minutes before the show, yeah, I got a few. Good, I like that. Uh I Dusty like that. Baker coming back to the San Francisco Giants. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there was a tweet out. Giants announced that Dusty Baker is returning to the organization as a special advisor to director of baseball operations. That's from Chris Haft, a Giants beat Dusty, reporter. Dusty, back with the Giants. You know, I, I feel I, I, never, I feel bad for him. And I'm, hap- I don't. I'm happy I do that. What do you feel it, bad about? He makes bad managerial decisions. I mean, but but that bad, I, it's not his fault they got bounced in five games. It's, yeah, it's part of the reason. But he was definitely outmanaged by Madden. <laughs> Talking about the NLDS, right? Game five. It's Play his two. fault that he got outmanaged, or Cubs had a better bullpen. Cubs had Wade Davis. That's true. That's fair enough. I mean, it, I feel like he got dealt a raw hand with Washington, just kind of a they quick trigger. had to make trigger. a move.
6: Dave Martinez makes more sense. I,
5: I, hope, I, I believe that, too, but,
6: I mean. This is the year for them. It's the last year with Harper. If they don't Washington. win, it, man, you're going to see your, the face of your team, everything you've built your I just team hope, around over the past six. I hope
5: Martinez isn't a Joe Madden
6: uh, cover band. He just, well, he, I know people keep alluding to that. By the way, uh, that's Madison Bumgarner out four to six weeks. Yeah, that's that's right. I Dusty mean, can maybe help him find a new starting pitcher to fill <laughs> in for the first two months and burn him. Um, the the White Sox have welcomed back a former groundskeeper who spent 23 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Chicago Tribune with this story. Uh, New DNA evidence led prosecutors last year to vacate the conviction of Nevis Coleman, 49-year-old. He had been convicted in a 1994 rape and murder. He was released from prison in November.
5: And a Cook County judge granted him a certificate of innocence. Said he asked to... Get his job back with the White Sox before he asked for a hamburger. That's like one of the first things he wanted coming out of jail. That's pretty
6: cool. He says the team says, uh, the team says it is grateful, quote, justice has been carried out and thrilled to welcome Coleman, quote, back to the White Sox family. Um, I do want to get to a piece of audio, and there really doesn't need to be a whole lot of context to this other than I found it. It was an interview with a guy on Good Morning America about an intruder breaking into his home and basically what he encountered and how he basically laid the whole scene out
0: and see that's what the problem was because i heard them first i said hold on i said hold up wait a minute something ain't right because then i start to taste them i said and then i start to smell them so it's like a smell that tastes like other. so i knew something was wrong i knew something special about it you know so so what did you do when you heard the intruder I ran upstairs, I had to run, and I had to do with that little girl, what's that little girl, uh, in the Holocaust, she had a, uh, she, Anne Hathaway, Anne Frank, Frank and Beverly, Anne Frank, that's a hiding bitch, ain't it? I had to get up the stairs, so, he had so much rhythm, when he was walking upstairs. said, doom, 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 bitch, I started to almost beatbox up in the closet, Oh, boom, boom, boom. But I couldn't do it yet because I couldn't die. I got caught tomorrow. So I'm just a little shook up. That's all
6: that is. That's all that is. He's just a little shook up, but he's got caught tomorrow. That's why he couldn't die. I call fake. I don't think so, man. Even if it is, who cares? It's a delivery
5: of it all. It's beautiful. I, I you know, well, what, what part's fake? You think the whole thing was staged? A little bit. Who cares? It's still fun to listen to. <laughs> I, 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 I remember watching it. Going into it, I, I had optimism, and then I'm like, all right, come on, no one no one mixes up Frankenberries and Anne Frank. He's Joe Brand, I'm Kevin Powell, Ben Anderson behind the
6: glass. I've got to run, so I'm not going to do some long exit out of here. Thanks to Chris Bowden who jumped on, Loyola Talk, Joe for sitting in. He'll be back in tomorrow, Adam Huggs back Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. <laughs>